In October, Governor Kathy Hochul tapped Tanya Webster to serve as the state government's chief customer experience officer, a position that comes with a mandate to promote a customer-centric culture at state agencies while transforming the way New Yorkers access state services and benefits. And Tanya, whose recent resume includes time as a senior VP of service for a major health insurer, joins us in the studio to talk about her new mandate and the road ahead. Welcome to the Capitol Press Room and congrats on the job, Tanya. Oh, thank you, David, for having me. Excited to be here today. Well, this is a big job that you've taken on, considering all the different ways in which state agencies touch the lives of New Yorkers. So, how will you go about starting to wrap your arms uh, around this challenge? Yeah. So, first, I'm honored for the opportunity to even be the first Chief Customer Experience Officer for the state of New York. And you're right, it's a it's a huge huge role. But as I think about, and I've already started this listening tour, working with the different agencies, kind of hearing what's top of mind for them, and then also understanding um, from a New Yorker's point of view, what are some of the pain points that we have in our processes? A lot of what I'm hearing and seeing is how do we simplify the interactions between government and state agencies? So thinking about that and working across all the different agencies on how we think about that is how we'll, we'll get started. Some of that fundamentally will look like, do we have the right measurements in place, right, to hold agencies accountable for the types of service delivery that they're offering? The other piece is also making sure that we are infusing the voice of the customer throughout everything that we do. And we have that sporadically throughout the different agencies, but making sure we have standard platforms and different ways of infusing that voice of customer of a a New Yorker into the different agencies will also be important. By doing that, that will help us prioritize what we look at, how we're looking at things, and how we dig deeper into really modifying and changing the interactions that really matters to a New Yorker. We made mention of the idea of a New Yorker's point of view, and that's something you've harped on previously. So considering how many services are utilized by low-income New Yorkers, immigrants, and just generally marginalized communities, how do you get yourself into that viewpoint? Yeah. So you really need to go to where um, those groups are. And, and, and I've had a lot of great conversations about how do we actually start getting into the communities in order to actually hear their voice, to understand what their experiences really are so we can have that impact. So there's a lot of work happening to make sure we're not looking at this as such a rolled up high level that we're missing the key groups that are impacted by a lot of this, but how do we actually have that grassroots, boots on the ground type of interaction to understand what it is that really we need to do to make the most impact for a New Yorker? Do you anticipating having some sort of hearings or setting up a website where people can offer feedback? I mean, you mentioned a listening tour. Yeah, yeah. So a mix, right? So um, we are looking right now, we've started looking at having a public-facing website around customer experience in, in having different channels to where New Yorkers could actually have feedback and put feedback there. Um, we've also brainstormed and thought about different forums that we could have in the community where we bring people together to kind of hear what it is. I mean, really, this role is about being their voice, and you can't be their voice unless you're in the community listening to them and hearing them outright. So we have a lot a lot of different mediums on the table that we're looking at and that we're looking to implement pretty quickly. 
you have not been on the job that long, but I'm curious, in your brief tenure, have you had any real head-scratching moments based on, say, your private experience where you're like, I can't believe they do it this way. <laughs> what are they thinking here? Yes, there are a lot of processes and things that we have in place that we just haven't addressed because we haven't had focus on them. So it doesn't require any changes in regulation or big budgets or anything like that. It's just we need to focus on them. And some of these things, as I go through the process and I'm working with the different agencies, they're definitely head scratchers to say, well, do you know if you just tweak this, if you look at this, that would change the experience for a New Yorker significantly. So I think even having that lens is important. I think the other piece I think is a probably a head scratcher, but there's a lot of great work happening is just some of the legacy systems and technologies mm-hmm. that we have. And there's a lot of modernization. There's been a commitment by the governor to modernize the technology. So just even that modernization so that our employees can do their jobs easier so that it's providing a better experience is also important as well. So it's all great work that's in flight, but some things where I'm, is, it is head scratching from a private sector standpoint to come in and say, oh man, they have technologies that will automate that pretty quickly and automate that workflow. And that alone could significantly improve processing times and wait times and things like that and be more intuitive and proactive versus what tends to be a reactive experience for from a New Yorker's point of view. Well, you brought up the idea of modernization and updating some of these legacy systems. And I think about the state labor department, which has been engaged in a multi-year process of updating uh, the way it has people apply and doles out unemployment mm-hmm. benefits, something that actually started before the pandemic and was still working on back in 2022. Mm-hmm. So what is the pace that you envision making some of the big changes here? Are these things that can be done overnight or are they going to take potentially years like uh, the modernization of the unemployment system? Right, I think there's definitely some low hanging fruit. We're on a journey, right? So there's definitely some low hanging fruit there where it won't take years. It's just, it makes sense. It just needs some focus and we can get it done. But then there are some things that we need to invest in for the long term that will take some time. But if we invest in the right way and we do it in the right way with a customer-centered lens, it should be um, set us up for a really strong future and path with all of these different types of modernizations. So I can tell you in my my time here, I see it as a mix um, of both, but I definitely feel like there's some wins that we can get for New Yorkers pretty quickly in tandem with some just cleanup work on in modernization of systems and processes and things like that. I want to talk a little more about customer service and what that looks like moving forward. But first, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Tanya Webster, the state government's new chief customer experience officer. So when it comes to customer service, especially with businesses, nothing can be more frustrating for individuals than an inability to get a real-life human being on the phone. How, if at all, are you prioritizing human interactions as opposed to referring people to chatbots or FAQ pages? Yeah. The thought around that is... And customer experience is so important for people to have the ability to interact in the channel in which they prefer to interact. So for some people, that will be digital self-service. For some people, that will be telephone and real-life human interaction. Our goal here is to make 
all of those channels seamless, frictionless as possible um, so that you have the option to interact with us the way you want to interact with us. And when you do, it's a, it's a good experience. So that's how we're looking at that. For those interactions where New Yorkers just feel like, I just want to log on and kind of see what the status of something is. I don't need to talk to something. Mm-hmm. Then we have that ability and it works well and as close as possible as real time and updated information. But if it's something else that you just want to talk to someone and you have multiple issues that you want to walk through, we want to make sure that our wait times aren't too long, that our employees have the information that they need at their fingertips, which are some of their systems that we're updating as well. So we want to make sure that we have a good mix from a channel preference standpoint. Not all state benefits and services are acquired directly through a state employee or state agency. For example, I think of counties or nonprofits that either help people navigate state bureaucracy or or actually are responsible for maybe determining eligibility standards and doling out state money. Will that landscape be part of your docket as well? That's a fantastic question. And the answer is is yes, because they're part of that ecosystem that creates access to services, right? So um, I've met with some of the agencies and we've actually started talking about a lot of those groups and, you know, the paperwork and the grants that they have to write and the complexities around those and how can we clean that up as well, right? So um, that is on the table for us to look at and think about because we want to make the holistic interaction with government frictionless and, and better for New Yorkers. And what about the timeline that nonprofits experience when trying to get contracts paid for? Because one of the things that we've covered on this show is the long delays, which then puts in jeopardy some of the services that they're contracted to do. Is that something you're looking at? And it seems like if you are, I mean, I'm not a customer service expert, but it seems like the answer is additional staff and additional funding. Hey, we solved the problem. Right. And and when I say that's all on the table for us to look at, Mm -hmm. It, it is that, right? And and how do we think about that? Um, it's, it's something that, that we want to make sure is part of the, the agenda and how we're looking at things. In addition to the experience of individuals, will you also be looking at how businesses interact with the state? Yes, because... When you think fundamentally about customer experience, listen to what we've talked about, David. We've talked about improving processing times, wait times, interactions, all of those different types of things. Um, Businesses can benefit from that as well. So when we're talking about customer experience, it's not only for the private citizen, but for businesses uh, as well. So if we're thinking about businesses, my head immediately goes to MWBE certification by Empire State Development, uh, liquor licenses through SLA, contracting for construction projects with DOT, a a lot of money, a lot of state agencies. And I guess it comes back to that first question. How in God's name can you even begin to wrap your arms around this? Is it like right. eating an elephant? You got to start one <laughs> bite at a time. I mean, what are your expectations? Are you overwhelmed? I'm yeah. overwhelmed yeah. now. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not overwhelmed because we have some phenomenal leaders at the agencies who are excited about the opportunity to really focus on customer experience. Um, some of the agencies you've mentioned, I've, um, I've met with, and they already have some improvement plans in place from hiring, better systems, re-engineering processes. But 
to have the support from a customer experience officer point of view to say, this is how we really do it. This is what our SLA should look like. This is what best in class looks like. Um, they've really been open to having that support as they look to, they don't want to have those challenges and problems. So any of those best practices that we're able to bring to them, they're welcoming, welcoming those changes, whether it, again, it's a direct service to a private citizen or how it's impacting um, a business. And will you be making recommendations to the governor for her budget on some of the state agency spending levels? My role is to provide that information based on, and that's that's the role that I play in what she expects me to do to provide those recommendations for them to consider to help inform what they're doing. Yes. Well, finally, and this is a little self-interested, but when you consider customers, as far as you're concerned, does that include journalists? And if so, uh, can we give some sort of feedback for how some of these spokespeople are doing over there as I point uh, to your handler um, right now? Yeah, you know what? Um, journalists are included okay. because, they, you know, the, the definition of customer is um, includes everyone. So, um, yes, consider your voice heard and um, action will be taken. Well, we'll talk <laughs> offline because we don't have enough time right now. But we've been speaking with Tanya Webb. She is the state government's chief customer experience officer. Tanya, congrats on the job and thanks for making the time. All right. Thank you for having me. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.